Hello and welcome to our Nothing But The Poem podcast, our monthly look at some poems by a particular poet and we will read through a couple of the poems and you'll be able to listen in on some of the discussions that we have in our online monthly workshops. My name's Sam Tung and I'm the project coordinator at the Scottish Poetry Library. Our Nothing But The Poem sessions are designed for friends of the library. We do them online once a month. And they're just a very gentle and straightforward discussion of a poet's work. You don't need to have read the poet before. You don't need to know even know that much about poetry. It's just um, a response to poet's work and its impact on you. The poet that we're going to look at today is Hannah Hodgson. She's a poet who, in her own turn of phrase, is chronically dying. Living with a life-limiting illness, her poetry documents and explodes the clichés of death and dying with a visceral, lively love of words, images, metaphors. In our Nothing But The Poem discussion group, we were struck by her unsentimental tone and the way in which many poems were written as an address to her own body and its vicissitudes. Her work is powerfully and poignantly human and humane. I'm going to read two poems in this session and then do a little bit of kind of discussion around them. This first poem is called Listen, I Love You, Joy Is Coming. Listen, I Love You, Joy Is Coming. And it's after a poem by Kim Adonizio. I envy the woman he carried out of fire, carried her because she's the single most valuable thing in her flat. For nearly a year now, I haven't been able to hug my father. He navigates our home like a careful satellite, When I enter the kitchen, he moves to the utility room. When I'm in bed, he hovers on the other side of a stud wall. Pandemic firefighting has its challenges. Students hold up their burnt pizzas from ten paces. There's a lack of social distancing inside car wrecks. Once this is over, I'll surrender every candle he hates, embrace the familial equivalent of a fireman's lift, saved from this void, these flames. When we were discussing this poem in the group, um, and as I say in previous podcasts, we always read it twice so that we can get um, a different sense of it and a different voice when you hear it again. We were very struck by this central dilemma in the poem that we have this tension between the um, fireman, the father, trying to save a life, and then this question of whether life can be saved. What does it mean to save a life? And we, it's not really answerable in this poem. It's part of the tension that drives the, drives the poem's poignancy and emotional power. How can you save somebody? How can you save somebody from the flames? How can you save somebody from illness? And some of the images and metaphors that come through in this poem are just so powerful. We were struck by this line where um, the poet explores intimacy. Um, and obviously the pandemic is haunting is haunting this poem. It's kind of there in the backdrop. Um, and this idea that there's a lack of social distancing inside car wrecks. At the point at which the poet's writing this poem, the only way in which you can have intimacy is through a car wreck. And that image is just so powerful, impactful, but also just quite distressing. There's a distressing image to have in the centerpiece of the poem. The poem is written in couplets, so that kind of has that um, relation and re- relationality to it. You can you can 
get a sense of how the poet is trying to explore relationship and coupling in that sense. Coup the couplet's form is a, a really useful way of showing that um, that kind of relationship between images and between um, the concepts in the poem, between the people in the poem as well. It ends on a single line, which again, if you're able to see it, it's online. You can find the poem on, um, on the Poetry Society's website so you can see it um, and read it again. That on the, the final line is just a single line on its own, and that leaves that, um, that resonant phrase there, saved from this void, these flames. You're meant to leave the poem with that image in mind. And when a poet gives you a, a, a clue as to the kind of genesis of the poem, um, they, they have a note at the beginning of the poem. And here Hannah Hodgson has recognized and, and um, made note that this poem was written after Kim Adonizio's poem, To the Woman Crying Uncontrollably in the Next Stall, that the title of the poem, Listen, I Love You, Joy is Coming, comes at the final line of, the, of Adonizio's poem. So it's in relationship and in conversation with, um, with Adonizio's poem, which is a kind of list of um, terrible and um, hard things that have happened to this particular woman in, in the poem. And Hannah's piece kind of builds on that and references that, but is also a poem in its own right. You don't need to have read Kim's poem to understand how Hannah's poem unfolds. The sense that we went away with from this poem was that, yes, that tension of saving a life um, and how to try and um, look after somebody you love and, and save them from their, their dark times, their trials, but also that love is a future tense. It has a future tense to it. When we were thinking through the poem together and when we read it a second time, the, the phrase, once this is over, I'll surrender every candle he hates, made the poem look to the future. It had a future tense to it, which meant that although these, it was a difficult poem to read and to, to read together, it still had that future openness to it and that there is possibility there the familial equivalent of a fireman's lift. And that's what we felt the poem did for us as we exited it and moved on to the next one. I often try and select three poems to do in the hour session that we have for Nothing But The Poem. Um, but on this occasion, we only managed to read two together, um, mainly because there was so much discussion generated, but also because of the emotional um, impact and resonance that these poems had on us. This second poem is called Life Matures Like a Well-Established Fruit Tree, and I'll read it now. Dear B, all of the apples have been pulled clean from my branches, left to fester with wasps. Every part of me is losing crispness. The rosy welts are cheeks getting shinier and shinier, sweat appearing as sheen. I taste sharp because that's the truth of fruit without organic pupillage. If I'm squeezed, no facility will take my juice. All biological content is incinerated. I'm not allowed in New Zealand. Customs officials require an explanation of my appearance. There's no trust when it comes to apples because of Eve. My tissue is rotting. I'm getting soft. Hold me gently. Remember, this is how the ecosystem should be. Yes, today we lose everything. Find a quiet place to live. Nurture my seeds. 
wait for me. With this poem, Life Matures Like a Well-Established Fruit Tree, um, a couple of the participants had expressed that when they read it um, on their own before the session, um, it hadn't kind of stood out for them as much as the first poem. But then when we read it together um, and read it the two times together, it really came alive for them as they as they listened in and listened to those um, those organic images unfold and, and squeeze themselves into the poem. Here it opens with an address, this dear bee, and this prompted quite a lot of discussion. Who is this bee that the poem is addressed to? Dear bee. It could be a kind of um, secret message, a kind of private message to this um, unnamed bee. Or as we kind of unpacked the poem, we decided that perhaps it was an address to the body. Maybe dear bee is the body. And so much of Hannah's work is written in this, this way, this address to the body and the body that is um, an ecological site in itself. Um, that line, remember, this is how the ecosystem should be. So we began to think about the way in which this poem focuses on the way the body as its own ecology. And that kind of opened up the poem um, for in interpretation. Of course, throughout the poem, the, the image of the apple um, is, uh, is central. Um, and it, the tonality of the poem and the, the ideas in the poem move between um, the kind of science of it, the biological content of the, the apple, and these customs officials not, not allowing apples to cross borders, but also not allowing certain bodies to cross borders either. I'm not allowed in New Zealand sounds like a kind of comic line to a certain extent, but it's also a way in, of controlling um, biological borders um, biosecurity, but also the types of bodies that are allowed to travel and to cross borders. When we were, again, moving towards the end of the, the poem, um, and again, it's similar to the, the, the previous piece, it's very um, poignant and, and intimate, but still has this openness at the end, that final line, find a quiet place to live, nurture my seeds, wait for me. And we tried to think what that might mean, what are those seeds when the body and, on the, and the body as apple or body as ecosystem is rotting and today we lose everything, what kind of seeds can be uh, rescued? How can we keep a, uh, the idea of an open future there? Um, and we decided upon together, as we were discussing the poem, we decided that um, even with this, this dying body, this um, body that's losing its crispness, um, the poem is a kind of seed. The poem can be a way of reaching into the future and making connection and contact. Um, and that's what we felt as readers at the end of this poem. The seed is the poem. The poem is the seed and it landed on fertile ground. So that's um, a bit of an insight into some of the discussion that we had in our Nothing But The Poem group this month. Um, on Hannah Hodgson's um, amazing poetry. Her collection, 163 Days, is just out on Seren Books, and I really recommend that you go and pick up a copy. Um, we have a copy in the library for you to borrow as well. And online you can find quite a lot of her work, the Poetry Society website, and I think um, at the moment you can still go onto the BBC Sounds website and find a dramatisation of 
163 Days, and I highly recommend that you seek that out and seek out more of Hannah Hodgson's work. So that's it for this month, and join us again next month when we will be exploring more poems together. Thank you very much. <laughs>